before we begin this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that I'm recording on the stolen and unceded Gadigal lands here in Sydney. And welcome to our very first episode of That's Hot, the podcast helping you get even hotter than you already are by giving you all of the information you need to help the world get cooler. I'm Tegan. And I'm Lizzie. And this week we'll be breaking down everything you need to know about Australia's brand new climate legislation. But before we kick things off, I feel like we need to introduce ourselves because it's our first episode. So Lizzie, tell me about yourself. I'm so excited to be <laughs> finally starting this we've talked about this for so long so i'm lizzie i am i never quite know how to introduce myself i'm a long jumper i'm a brand designer and i'm also very very passionate about having a planet to live on for the rest of my life and for my children's life and that led me to start project planet with tegan over the last couple of years so yeah i don't know love that do some fun facts about me but i feel like that's the main, the main <laughs> Tegan, tell the world about yourself. Uh, I am Tegan. I work in marketing. How nice does that sound? (laughs) I recently finished a Masters of Sustainability as well. I am obsessed with sustainability. I'm always talking about it. Honestly, always annoying people talking about it, but that's me. I started a different page back in lockdown called Small Lackets of acts of hotness but I ended up connecting with Lizzie and we decided to keep growing Project Planet together and that's how we ended up here making this podcast. So we basically we wanted to make Project Planet a bit hotter so here we are the ultimate ultimate dream team. We're so excited for this podcast we've talked about it for so long. Mm -hmm. Tegan I know this is like really your thing you're like the driving force behind this but <laughs> I think it's going to be hopefully a lot of fun we're going to try break things down nice and simple give you guys yeah. lots of really easy to action things to do at the end of each yeah. episode exactly. um, and we really hope everybody enjoys this yeah that is hot <laughs> that's hot that's hot that's hot that's hot that's hot that's hot that's so hot okay we're starting off with an absolute bang and we're gonna talk about the climate bill which has just passed now I guess it's like a very at a glance, like simple thing, like, yes, a climate bill has passed, but there's been like decades of work that has gone into this. So I think we need to break it all down. Lizzie, Absolutely. do you want to ask me some questions and I can do yeah. my best to answer them? Sounds like a plan. So I guess the first thing we've obviously heard about this climate bill, it's been all in the news. You might have seen it recently. What is actually in it? Okay, so in a nutshell, the climate bill enshrines into law an emissions reduction target. This is obviously like groundbreaking stuff for Australia. So it's very exciting that that we finally will have this put into law. It is a target of 43% from 2005 levels. It's kind of confusing. And I actually don't know why now that I think of it why it's 2005 levels that they use as the reference point but basically that's the reference we want to reduce emissions by 43 percent from that level by 2030 and then reach net zero emissions by 2050 
I guess the process of a bill being passed, it needs to go through the House of Reps first. And then once it passes through the House of Reps, it goes to the Senate and then they debate it. And there's all these amendments that come into play. And then if it gets passed through the Senate, then it goes back to the House of Reps for like final, like, I guess, ticking off. I don't know. It's just like such a weird process. Do you know much about it? I actually do. So I did a bit of research on the yeah. whole amendments process, which we'll uh-huh. chat about in a second. But basically uh-huh. it has to be that both houses of parliament have to agree on everything in the bill. So the House of Reps starts with the bill, they yeah. make some changes to it, et cetera, goes to the Senate. If the Senate makes changes, it then has to go back to the House for the yeah. House to say, yep, those changes are all good. Because basically the whole point of how our parliamentary system works is that everybody kind of has to agree on everything, or at least a majority of people have to agree on everything. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, basically under this new legislation, the government has to report annually on its progress towards that goal of 43% emissions reduction and that responsibility of like following up everything and reporting and making sure that we're on track goes to the Climate Change Authority. I guess it's incredible that we finally have a climate bill, but it's important to note that there was like a lot of complexity going into this and the only reason that it passed is because they had the backing of the Greens and Adam Bent and the whole party were very very adamant on Labor I guess agreeing to the fact that this target is a floor not a ceiling and we need to do way better than 43% so it's going to be really interesting to see the policies that get formed based on this bill and like actually like ways that we can implement this target there's a lot to come and like I guess thus far it's just been a lot of talk so it'll be be crazy to see some like actual action from this I guess what's actually what is important about the bill is that it finally tells investors from across the world that Australia is ready for renewable energy investment it's like a huge deal obviously like money is what makes the world go round and the government wants to see like investment from organizations and businesses and companies from within Australia and across the world in renewable technology so again wait and see what happens love that so (laughs) I feel like there's been lots of chat about it why is this Mm -hmm. such a big deal in Australia like why surely you know it's 2022 I think I don't even know anymore (laughs) I feel like we're pretty agreed on the climate science why is it such a big deal that we're only like now passing this bill to legislate a 43 percent emissions reduction goal So as I guess like a lot of people who will probably listen to our podcast know there has been just like decades of climate wars in Australia and all of the parties disagreeing with each other on not even targets, just like literally the smallest details and being very stubborn in the way that they are sticking to their policy and not collaborating on anything and like I guess being a politician and like working in government takes a lot of compromise and there just hasn't really been any compromise from any direction. So I guess this climate bill is a really good representation of compromise from all ends to an extent. Is it compromise though? Because I feel like we haven't had a part, like 
let's be real, there was one coalition MP that voted for this. Yeah. So it's, is it more that now there's just a time where we actually have a, like a majority in parliament that wants to pass climate legislation, right? Yeah. Like we're still not seeing, we're 100%. still not seeing the coalition out here like hell yeah climate action, right? Yeah, sorry. When I say compromise, I feel like this compromise from like Labor and the Greens and independence. I just kind of like the coalition are just literally living in their own world at this point. Like, they're on another planet. They like need to be on another planet. It's just like bonkers. So yes, compromise to an extent from certain parties. Basically, it's the first time in nearly a decade that the, the, the parliament has come together to pass climate legislation. The last time this happened was when Labor was last in power. And yeah, it's just it's like huge news for, for Australia, I guess, we're very known across the world for not partaking in climate action and not having strong policies. So it's it's nice to see our name like back on the map in terms of yeah. uh, like just the bare minimum of action. It was very cool. I feel like actually hearing people say good things about Australia and some like podcasts and things that I've listened to on news reports from around the world. I think that's mm. a big change from the last 10 years. And I think that's like probably why this bill is so important. Even, you know, we'll talk about in a second while there's some issues and some things where maybe it doesn't go far enough from a pure mm. science perspective, mm-hmm. you know, at least it's a signal to the rest of the world that we're kind of heading back in the right direction. hundred percent. And also like, we'll definitely do an episode at some point explaining what the sustainable development goals are, but I think it's really important, like strong policy from government is like a cornerstone of us, like make, like having an impact and reducing the negative impacts that we've had thus far. And having this policy does help us in, in meeting our sustainable development goals. So it's, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, but it's it's great that we've finally got here. Like we've been pushing for this for years. So we have to celebrate the the small wins where we can. Um, so you mentioned amendments before. It's not something that I understand very well. So explain this to me. So the bill, it started in the House of Reps. How do you know much about the amendments that were put into the bill, like when it was first in the House of Reps? Yeah, well, here's some research I prepared earlier. So basically, (laughs) firstly, just to start off with, an amendment is basically a change to a bill. And a bill is the actual thing that gets through parliament. And when it gets passed into law, it becomes an act of parliament. So when it's a bill, it's still kind of in the working phases and different people in the parliament can propose amendments. Sometimes they're rejected. Sometimes they're kind of crazy. If you'd like some light reading, you can go and see what some of Pauline Hanson's party um, proposed to amend some things. It's always fun. I'm like, Um, like, I don't even want to do that. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) We have some fascinating people in our parliament. Anyway, with this bill, there was both amendments in the House of Representatives Mm -hmm. and in the Senate, as we mentioned before. So in the House of Representatives, because Labor actually has a majority there, they didn't need necessarily to sort of negotiate with any of these independents in order to get the bill passed, Mm -hmm. but they still chose to kind of take a vote on some of these amendments. Some of them are quite minor. It's just changing the wording around them. The one sort of more significant one was independent Helen Haynes secured amendments regarding regional economic benefits and considerations, but a couple of other amendments by the Greens and people like Andrew Wilkie to try and actually raise the ambition were rejected. So that's kind of what happens Mm. in the House. And then the bill gets sent to the Senate. And in the Senate, it's a bit more interesting because Mm -hmm. in the Senate, Labor doesn't actually have a 
majority. So they need yeah. to have the greens definitely. Mm-hmm. And they need to get at least one other person. And at the moment, that kind of like person who's sort of the like big sort of energy in the Senate who can kind of make these calls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether they're like, I'm not sure what the podcast rating we're going to have is. So we'll just say big dog energy <laughs> is David Pocock. So uh-huh. he's an independent senator from the ACT. Yep. He's been very vocal about the need for climate action. So in the Senate, he basically required that some amendments were made to the bill around transparency. So this yep. is things about ensuring that the treasurer releases information about greenhouse gas emissions at the time of each budget. So it's about tying the sort of stuff we talk about each year in terms of the federal budget to our climate impact. So thanks to all of that, that. then as I said before, it had to go back to the house. Tick, mm. tick, tick. Great yep. success. So that's Passes, amendments for you. And that's how we have a bill. And we have a bill. Ma- well, now we have an act. Magic sorry. Have a piece yes. of legislation that exists. Yep. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so that's Seriously, like, some fun. It's actually insane, like the power that David Pocock holds. Like it's I know. It's so like I guess this happens in every like parliament and like just the, the way that it's composed at the moment. Like he genuinely has so much power. Like he so must I mean you say, see it. Like, I don't know if it's like. <laughs> just rock up to work every day, like, um, hello, yes, thank you. Who wants me? <laughs> I'll give Emma a call after this and see what the vibe is. <laughs> uh, I guess it's similar. You see it in the US, like, part of the reason that there's been mm. a lot of challenges getting climate legislation and things passed over there until recently mm. was they have kind of the same thing where they have a couple of senators who basically can make the decision about whether something passes. So, yeah, um, yeah as you said, it's kind of crazy. Mm. But that's the actual how it becomes like a law yep. so what are people actually saying about this mm. now that it's kind of out there in the world what's the response been I mean within the parties themselves obviously Labor is like over the moon about this legislation being passed their press release as with any press release from a party was just like a glowing review said like it's a step towards implementing the Powering Australia plan We're creating jobs. We're putting downward pressure on power bills and reducing emissions. Yes, like I would hope that this legislation does that, but from within the Labor Party, glowing. The Greens, they did support the bill. They obviously didn't get in all of the amendments that they would have hoped for. But again, they're very positive in that we now finally have legislation and that we are somewhat ending the climate wars. I guess all of the Greens, the Greens really wanted to there to be a veto on all coal and gas projects. Labor weren't keen on this. As we know, Labor is still <clears throat> like somewhat in roots with the coal and gas industry so they're we will they're never definitely gonna... have to chat about that one at some uh, point yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so they're never gonna veto coal and gas projects well not for now at least so yeah mixed responses from the greens obviously the coalition did not support the bill and like i we said we'll call out we will call out yes. with the exception of bridget archer who exactly. has been sort of Put herself forward, voted against yes. or voted for a number of things yep. across the floor. So do you want to call that one out? Love that. But otherwise, yeah, no support from within the coalition. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're just in like fantasy coalition land. They're actually like currently developing a new climate policy to take to the next election in a few years. And it's completely based around nuclear energy. Like I just, they just honestly terrify me. Uh, we'll like leave unpacking 
<laughs> the coalition to <laughs> another time I think and then from independence also like relatively positive very similar to the greens like a lot of the independents went to the election with similar climate policy so they sort of have the same outlook I don't know exactly I don't have exact quotes of what she said obviously Zali Stegall independent MP she proposed her version of the climate act a few years ago to parliament which had a much stronger emissions reduction target of 60 percent by yeah 60% reductions by 2030 she had also released like a plan a five-step plan to how we would actually pass its act and action the policies within it like I love Zali she's incredible like the team behind her just are seriously doing the, the most um it'll be really nice to see obviously we're continually making or progressing in our climate action and it'll be great to finally one day have that stronger target like Sally's proposed act was but for now we'll just stick with 43 percent and then I guess like in the great wide world what did you think the sentiment from the the bill passing was? No I think it was kind of a I mean the final bill only passed I think like a week ago and Mm -hmm. I think it's been a bit overshadowed by some other news in the Mm. world I think it's kind of one of those things where we sort of knew this would probably get passed it got passed it's certainly a good step in the right direction I think it's pretty clear that science demands we do a lot more and I think Mm -hmm. you know why you still see as we talked about labor like approving coal and gas exploration and mining it's a little hard to kind of fully feel excited for this but I think you know it was Mm. like a mixed response depending on what side of the internet I was on in response to this. What did you think about it? And I guess second to that, Mm. do we feel like this bill goes far enough, both in terms of your own opinion, I guess what we've done in terms of what are other people saying about whether this bill is enough? Yeah, look, a bill, uh, it's nothing but words on paper, I guess. (laughs) And it's nothing without an action plan behind it. Like I said, we're yet to see like the suite of policies that come out of the climate bill. Obviously, there's there's organisations that have started conceptualising what this would look like. The Climate Council came out this week with a plan called Power Up. I like highly recommend everyone reading it. It's super interesting. It's like a 10 step roadmap that builds on the government's climate plans and is based around accelerating our energy transition, getting Australia back on track in terms of climate action. And it also, at the same time, acknowledges and addresses cost of living cri- the cost of living crisis. So it's a super interesting plan. Again, it's a plan. It's words on paper. But it, it's, it's good to see all of the press that's come out about it. I think most of the, the publications picked it up just because it tied climate action with cost of living so well and like it's so clear that by investing in renewables and transitioning our economy to a renewable energy-based economy it's going to bring down cost of living so it's yeah it's just a matter of implementing strategies so that we can actually turn around the like position that we're in basically like yeah so basically like a plan without any actual plan for how to do it yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and it's difficult like 
I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be working in in the government and trying to like pass any sort or get any policy in place with all of the different stakeholders that like have a say in it. So it's difficult, but it's so important. Like our <clears throat> our world has warmed to 1.1 degrees above pre-industrial levels. Australia is already at 1.4 degrees of warming. It's like it's bonkers like we're seeing the impacts of climate change in real time where like what it just got announced that it's our third La Nina in a row coming this summer yeah like that's what we're Love that for us. oh my god and I so saw... glad I moved to Sydney for the beaches for the <sighs> sunshine for the pouring oh rain. my god Incredible. there was some like article from some Brisbane newspaper I guess that like they're starting to hand out free sandbags now to prepare I, yeah, people I in saw Brisbane. This. Terrifying. Like, oh yeah. my God. Uh, and then that's just us on the East Coast of Australia. Like where we've seen what's happening in Pakistan. Like China's suffering the worst drought that they've ever experienced. Like there is literally the most insane impacts being felt all over the world. And there's still people out there that like refuse to believe that climate change is even a real thing. It's actually insane. Definitely, definitely is. So in conclusion, mm-hmm. climate <laughs> bill, is it hot or is it not? <laughs> I'm going to say the climate bill is hot. Are you going to, what do you think? I don't know. I was going to give it like a lukewarm, but I don't know if it's <laughs> pick one or the other. So I know, no, I also like deep down want to give it a It's lukewarm. hot in the way that like, I now just expect, like, it's like the bare minimum becomes hot when you're used to not having it right it's like yeah exactly you know like we've been conditioned are like below the ground the bar is on the floor you've stepped over it is that fun I don't know maybe I think it is because I'm a little that's kind of the world we live in but yeah overall a lot more yeah good call on that I think it's it's hot in that we need it so badly but the the temperature is cooling dramatically and we need to keep it going and we need to keep it going, which is why for each of our episodes, we are going to give you guys something you can actually do in your lives to mm-hmm. really feel like you're taking the things you're learning and you're doing something with that. So Tegan, exactly. do you want to run us through what's our call to action for this week? Yeah. So something hot that you can do, that you can implement in your life, that you can change. That's what we want to give you every episode. We want to empower you to have impact, which is very exciting. So We've been waiting around for the government for however many years to just pass this bill. I think it's clear that we can't wait around for government to have an impact. So I want everyone to type into Google the Green Electricity Guide. I'll also link it somewhere, wherever I can link it, in the show notes or something. And basically- We're real podcasters now. We have show notes, guys. It's somewhere. Go into the Green Electricity Guide. You can look up your current electricity provider. It puts them on a scale of one to five stars. You can see how green your current electricity provider is. Have a look at what else is out there and potentially make the switch to a more green renewable energy provider. I have been like battling my 
my electricity provider for the past few months have finally settled into a new one which is really exciting there's obviously been like a lot of change in the electricity market with all of the like cost of living and like a lot of smaller places have gone out of business it's a crazy time in in electricity but it's very important. It's one of the biggest impacts. It's a topic I'm deeply passionate about. You oh. know, it's a crazy time in electricity. I'm just up to date every day with oh. what's happening in electricity. I'm it's not like though, sad. so this is a great call it's to like action sad for me. that I, I am. I'm like <laughs> way too in the loop. But yes, make sure that you are using green electricity, renewable electricity. Let's do it. Cool. Well, that's us for this week, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Hope you all enjoyed. And yeah, we'll chat to you next week. Bye. Bye.